can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice. Welcome to the One Mic, One Voice Show, Building the Collective Conscience, a show that is created to give space where your voice, ideas, and informed opinions can be heard, appreciated, and, yea, debated. I am Michael Eric Owen. And I am the dynamic DT. Yeah, you, you, you dynamic. Right? You know how to use a word today. <laughs> <laughs> Since you're focusing on language. Right. Absolutely, man. It's, it's a beautiful day outside. Man. And, um... It's a great day to be in the studio, a great opportunity to have a, I think, a very deep conversation. Uh, today, folks, our show, and, and, and shout out to all our listeners all over the world, uh, United Kingdom, uh, Asia, Africa, uh, D, we on all the continents. And it feels and, uh, good, man. Oh, I'm man. also practicing some different languages, Mike. Are you? So, yeah. So, by the next... Uh I'll say three years. Okay. I'll, I'll be pretty fluent <laughs> right, in at least three right. languages. Okay. Mark my words. All right. You. Well, that's uh, three languages. That's, three I thought languages. if you said one, I said, okay, but three, you. Three. Okay. That's because, impressive. Because, you know, throughout your lifetime in, you know, elementary school, or whatever, you know, you kind of learn something. They have French for you, Spanish, or, yeah. you know, something that you've been introduced to. So you got, I, I have a good foundation for a couple of them. Mm hmm. So I'm not starting from scratch. Okay. You know? Okay. No, that's I, I know you're capable. Boy, I know you're capable. Trust me. I know you are capable. <laughs> and and folks, before we get into the show, uh, which our title is "The Power of Words," um, man, I, our 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 uh, show trailer video over forty nine thousand views. That's pretty remarkable. Over forty nine thousand views. You, we we need fifty thousand. It's gonna go well. I mean, that's just that's just a, a ink drop in the bucket, you know. So if you have not watched um, the one mic one voice show trailer, it's on our um, on our Facebook page. Please go uh, watch it and um, and hey, you know, get us to fifty thousand. That's it. You know, help that's a, all. help a couple brothers. Yeah, just help a brother out. <laughs> <laughs> out. Okay, Mike, so, um, you know, words are singularly the most powerful force available to humanity. Mm. We can choose to use this force constructively with words of encouragement or destructively using words of despair. Words have energy and power with the ability to help, to heal, to hinder, to hurt, to harm, to humiliate, and to humble. Wow. That's a lot of H's. <laughs> H has a lot of power in it, doesn't it? It's a force. I mean, we, and we've been talking about this thing, language, for um, quite some time now. And the impact um, on, um, and I, I would like to say beginning with, with children, but even adults and how uh, we talk to one another and how things in our childhood stick with us throughout life right, right? Um, and like uh, you were saying here I mean you know this powerful force right this energy uh, the ability to help mm. but also the ability to damage mm. you know the, the ability to bring joy but also the ability to bring pain mm -hmm. I mean isn't that something <laughs> man I mean just we have the, and, and each individual, folks, this is what we're talking, all of us have the power. Now, now we talk about being vulnerable in society, and, and, uh, but we, we have the power to heal or to wound. And we want to examine today that sort of power, D. You know, um, I often try and reflect, you know, just throughout the day about, uh, what the world is saying to me, you know, like through conversation, um, when I'm looking around and kind of observing what's what's going on, I try to I try to um, go into, you know, kind of see what's being said. Mm -hmm. uh, and through that feedback, you kind of get an understanding about who you are, you know, kind of what your um, 
what your uh, place in that space means, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and so as you're, you're kind of picking up on these things that that are being said, you know, some of it is is uplifting. Mm. Uh, some of it is, you know, kind of beating you down mm. somewhat. Um, but, you know, it also goes back to what are you saying to yourself after you after you mm. had that time to reflect on what's what's being said? You know, how do you interpret it and internalize it for yourself to say, OK, well, what am I saying to me about all this stuff that's being said? Yeah, man, I, I love that. The words you use on yourself, <laughs> hmm. you, you know what I mean? Um, and and how self-destructing that can be or how uplifting mm-hmm. that can be. You know, we have the power. Let's let's look, go back here for a moment, folks. We have the power to 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 bless or to curse someone else or ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. We can turn that that power on ourselves and be detrimental to the person we see in the mirror every day. Yeah, you give those words enough power to define you, you know. Yeah. So if somebody call you you beautiful. Mm. You know, I'm feeling a little cute today. Hey, you hey, know? let's look up that that one um, that one image I sent you with all the different words. Oh, and, right, right. Yeah, read off some of those words right quick. And and folks, I mean, it's it's crazy because. You know, the the spoken word. I mean, we all do it every day, every hour. And, you know, it's this force that 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 we can uplift one another or and literally we can destroy one another. You got that, brother? Prick. Go ahead. Idiot. Mm. Retard. Wow. Fake. Mm. Worthless. Wow. Hater. <laughs> Two face. Mm. Annoying. Weird. Wow. Obese. Hmm. Homo. Wow. Skank. You're untalented. Wow. You're forever gonna be alone. Loser. Mm. User. Slut. Wow. Geek. <laughs> Irresponsible. Wannabe. Nerd. Fool. Mm. Man. That that entire what what positive message came out of any one of those words you just spoke into that mic? Um, only positive is that there are a lot of ways to describe these <laughs> negative things, I suppose. There's a lot I of mean, it's, it's, diversity in descriptors. And how many people that are listening to us right now will be honest with yourself and say that you have used these words not only on others, but on yourself? Mm. Right? How many under our voice right now has been called a loser, a slut, a wannabe. You have no talent. Mm. How many under our voice believe such things, right? Words have energy and power with the ability to help, to heal, to hinder, to hurt, to harm, to humiliate, and to humble. Listen, folks, we're going to get deep into this thing, the power of words. Hang in there. This is introspectively, right? We're, we're looking. I, we may inside. be talking to you, but we <laughs> we talking to ourselves too, right? We're looking internally, folks. So hang in there with us, uh, and we will be right back. This is Elijah Bailey. This is Richard Taplin. From the Elijah Bailey Show, bringing you all the content that you could ever desire about anime, manga, comic books, martial arts, fitness, and more. You can find us at Elijah Bailey Show on the official Facebook page and also Elijah Bailey Show without the W on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to follow, subscribe, like, comment, and rate on iTunes and Podbean.
This is Josh K. And I am Leah Marie. And when we listen to podcasts, we always listen to One Mic, One Voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. Your choice. I don't know anyone who understands the power of words more than Maya Angelou. I've been in her home at a party. Someone telling a homophobic joke or making fun of someone in a derogatory way, and watched her invite them to leave or stop them in mid sentence and say, Not in my house, you won't. Words are things, I'm convinced. You must be careful about the words you use, or the words you allow to be used in your house. In the Old Testament, we are told in Genesis that in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God and the Word was with God. That's in Genesis. Words are things. You must be careful. Careful about calling people out of their names. Using racial pejoratives and sexual pejoratives and all that ignorance. Don't do that. Someday we'll be able to measure the power of words. I think they are things. I think they get on the walls. They get in your wallpaper. They get in your rugs, in your upholstery, in your clothes, and finally into you. Words. They get into you. Mm. Mm. Get into the wallpaper. (laughs) Into the very fabric of the self, she said. Don't do that. I, I always like when she say that. Don't do that. Uh, so simple of a statement, but so true, mm-hmm. right? Words and and you know, Maya Angelou. This this idea of having the courage, and I like how Oprah said that. Invite you to leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, "Get out." Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, this is your invitation to leave right now, because that's not going to happen. In my space. That's really what it's about, right? It's not just about your house, but in your space. I mean, doing research for this, I mean, I watched so many videos where parents were just cussing their kids out and yelling at their kids and telling them they're never going to be anything. And, And just that space, that space where you allow for those things to happen. There's a video where, where a guy witnessed this, man, and he went off. I mean, he went off on this mother and her child. You know, he was just so appalled at how she talked to the child but beat the child. And the damage, and we're going to find out as we move into the show, the damage that... uh that these things are causing our children. Even us now, we're dealing with things from our childhood that wounded us, and we can't shake it because, as she says, words, they get in there, right? <laughs> they penetrate. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, words are like eggs dropped from great heights. You can no more call them back than ignore the mess they leave when they fall. Mm, wow. From great heights. Wow. Yeah. You can't. You you can't take them back, right? You you know, you once it's out mm-hmm. there, once it leaves your mouth, right? Once you speak that into being, you can't take it back. Mm-hmm. You can maybe apologize for it, but you cannot reverse the effects of that. You know, we had an example of a friend that told us a story about a guy that that, you know, kind of just off the bat, you know, he didn't like him. Mm. Really didn't know why. He just kind of, I don't like this cat, you know. <laughs> but it was because he had found out through somebody else, you know, a while back or something, you know, they said something about him, you know, that power of language and words. Mm. And so, you know, come to find out when they got a chance to, to talk, it was like, you know, this dude is, is pretty mm. cool, mm. you know. But all that time, it was just animosity built up mm. over nothing, you know. And he didn't even know who the guy was. Yeah. But, you know, taking the time to get a, get a, you know, understand of who he was and um, taking that journey with him, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Helped him, helped him get past it. It's difficult. It's difficult to 
remove the pain of words from one's life. Um, there's been studies out that talk about how it takes five positive comments to remove one negative. But think about all the times as a youth when somebody uh, called you ugly mm. and how that stuck out in your mind more mm-hmm. so than you getting a compliment on you know, oh, yeah. anything else. You yeah. remember that one time somebody called you ugly? Well, we 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 no talk how about, many times your grandma said you're looking so handsome today, son. Your mama said, son, you're looking sharp today. That ugly in the back of your mind mm. still. Mm. We talked about just this past week uh, having a chance to spend some time together. For analytical purposes, we're going to use the word because we always use the word for analytical purposes. We talked about and that means to examine the use of the word, um, not using it pejoratively, but. We talked about this past week how we remember the first time we were called nigger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean that. Would you like to share? Well, I was in high school. I was uh, got done with basketball practice, and I was, uh, you know, we were we were waiting on the bus. Me and uh, a couple of partners of mine, and a car rolled by, and some white guys in there yell niggers. <laughs> and you know, and I and I at first I was like. I, you know, I didn't think I heard what I heard, right? Because right. I was like, did he just like, and, you know, my partners looked at me like, did he just like, you know, and that, and I remember that, man. I was mm-hmm. in, I was in 10th grade, and I remember that. So I was, I was a freshman in college, right? So a little bit l- later for me, but it was interesting because, you know, I was also partaking in a sports uh, event. I was at a track practice. And uh, on this long street in Shawnee, it's uh, Kickapoo Drive. And, you know, one of our long-distance runs was to run from the school all the way up to Kickapoo, which is about, you know, two miles. And so, you know, we're getting up under the bridge. You know, the, oh, the run's going good, man. It's a nice day outside. The birds are chirping and singing. <laughs> I mean, I can almost feel myself getting that second wind you mm-hmm. feel when, you know, the run's really getting good. Like, I'm not even tired, man. I've got this, you know. And so out of nowhere, you know, this Mustang pulls up. You know, first they kind of slow down, and the car is loud anyway. So it's like we hear, and like, and so, you know, they roll the window down, and all you hear is niggers, like flying all up up the street. You know, we running, and so one of my one of my other friends, he's like trying to chase the car right? <laughs> right. So he's like a sprinter so he think he got right, it. Right. i'm like dude just hey it ain't that big of a deal <laughs> but it was kind of shocking you know yeah, to be yeah. you know kind of uh put in that situation and you know cowardice in the way that the guy would would say it and you know drive off but yeah it's just like maybe that's the mo you know maybe that's the way you know <laughs> it's like you uh, do it. like uh you know just yeah just drop the bomb and take yeah. off or something but yeah it was it was quite an interesting experience man but you know so so that that stuck with us among numerous things but do you know the brain is damaged by the use of hurtful words i want you to listen to this audio And we're going to talk about it. From VOA Learning English, this is the Health and Lifestyle Report. There is a popular saying in the English language. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Well, that is not true. Unkind words, name-calling, or even the so-called silent treatment can hurt children as much as being physically hit, sometimes even more so. A recent study of middle school children showed that verbal abuse by other children can harm development in the brain. The study was a project of researchers at Harvard Medical School in Massachusetts. Researcher Martin Tyker and his team studied young adults ages 18 to 25. These young men and women had no experience with domestic violence, sexual abuse, or physical abuse by their parents. The researchers asked the young people to rate their childhood exposure to verbal abuse from parents and other children. 
Then the researchers performed imaging tests on the brains of the subjects. The images showed that the individuals who reported suffering verbal abuse from their peers in middle school had underdeveloped connections between the left and right side of the brain. The two sides of the brain are connected by a large bundle of connecting fibers, called the corpus callosum. This was the area that was underdeveloped. The middle school years are a time when these brain connections are developing. So unkind, hurtful comments from children or adults during this period had the greatest effect. The researchers tested the mental and emotional condition of all the young people in the study. The tests showed that this same group of individuals had higher levels of fear. Depression, anger, and drug abuse than others in the study. The researchers published their findings online on the American Journal of Psychiatry's website. We cannot control what other people say to our children, but we can prepare them. A website called CreativeWithKids.com suggests 64 things that all children need to hear. Here are our top twenty. I am curious what you think. You are creative. I believe in you. You can ask for help. You make me smile. I have faith in you. You are imperfect. So am I. You are a good friend. I will do my best to keep you safe. Trust your instincts. My world is better with you in it. I love you. It's fun to do things with you. You are valuable. Your choices matter. You can change your mind. You make a difference. I'm ready to listen. You can learn from your mistakes. I'm proud of you. Share one or more of these statements with a child in your life. Actually, maybe we all need to hear some of these statements. Choose another and say it to an adult you care about. I'm Ana Mateo. Middle yeah. school, right? Middle school, and that's when bullying gets like at its worst. You and, know? That, and that, that's a whole nother episode mm-hmm. to right. talk about bullying. But mm-hmm. you're, you're, I mean, that's that's correlated, power right? Of words, right? It's the power of words and cyberbullying. That's 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 a that's an episode within itself. But the underdeveloped connection between the left and right mm-hmm. brain, corpus callosum, brings them together. You know, I find it funny because. Um, with those issues, you know, some some kids have issues with verbal memory, mm-hmm. and so whereas hearing so much negative, you just block everything out. You know, you don't try to even remember what people are saying because you've heard so much um, things beating you down. So, and you, I, I'm sure, man, you see the effects of this every day. I mean, in in your line of work because you're dealing with with mm-hmm. with with youth and children and so forth. But what's so what's so shocking to me and so hurtful to me is that you can damage children at an early age, mm-hmm. and it goes through the entire life. I mean, I was reading seventy-year-olds that were talking about the painful verbal abuse they they received as a child. Seventy. You know, and like uh, the, the article was saying that you know emotional abuse isn't necessarily mm-hmm. given the same credit as yes. as physical abuse. I might punch you in the stomach, mm-hmm. and you may you know after mm-hmm. some time get over that, right? Yeah. But if I also give you a derogatory mm-hmm. you know name with that punch, you may that's that's with you forever, man. You you may not be able to jump that hurdle uh, and heal yourself after it. How does how how does uh, a community feels when you're called? Rapists, 
criminals or communities called thugs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that. <laughs> There, there, there's nothing positive that can come out of that, right? And we see this daily. We see this daily in our political world, right? Um, the language that is being used. And the study found that, that these children, man, they were more fearful, more depressed, more angry. Higher anxiety level. They were more prone to use drugs, I mean, man, we and I was also reading like they said, if you want to understand what what uh, verbal abuse is like, it's like, you know, how you throw a stone, uh, you know, on the water and the ripple effects Mm -hmm. that it has. Mm -hmm. That's what verbal abuse Mm -hmm. is like. It just keeps going and going and going and going. And like we're talking about with kids, you know, parents are, you know, spewing out that that toxin to the children and then children go to spread it at school you know they calling kids the same stuff that their parents were saying to them at home you know and it just like a like you said that ripple effect that just keeps it going um because somebody's identifying that with uh power or being able to uh communicate an aggression uh, towards somebody else you know kids just pick up on ways that adults are treating them and reciprocating that out into the people they interact with what I'm what I'm seeing right now is that we have and 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 uh, folks don't don't get me wrong on this show we talk about social issues, political issues and all of that, right? We're social critics. We do that. But what I'm going to say is this. We live in a hurting society. A hurting society where people are hiding behind a facade of I'm okay and everything's cool. But if you even have an inkling of reading some of the things on social media, people are hurting. And, and, and hurt people hurt people, right? And so when, as, as Maya Angelou talked about, when our home is not a place of peace, when we're creating an environment, how we are indoctrinating the next generation, of hateful words what hope do we have what hope do we have deep question words the power of words i was born into this thing called words you taught me that words are never weak you taught me to choose my words carefully With words I adore, with words I soar, with words I speak peace, and words are my ultimate release. You, yet, too many, too many, use words to defeat and rob you of your peace. Your words cause pain and make them ashamed, irredeemable, irrefutable, and sadly predictable. Yeah, the power of words. He was just a boy and she was just a girl. Given to you in God's season for a divine reason. Yet, your verbal rage enslaved him, invaded him, and persuaded him that he was less. You broke him, you choked him. Now life uses him. Depression is her friend. Suicide lurks within, all because she could not depend nor defend the words spewed from your careless mouth. Words, yeah, the power of words will be right back. Hey, this is your boy Frog. I'm here with Chris, Justin, and Philip. We host Turn On The Game, the podcast. The show consists of four men commentating on the sports world. It's strictly opinion shows as if you were sitting on the couch watching a game with your boys. And you can follow us on Twitter at TurnOnThe underscore game. You can hit us up on our Facebook page at TurnOnTheGame. And you can even follow us on Instagram at TurnOnTheGame. <laughs> 
Or you can listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher by searching Turn On The Game. You can email us at turnonthegame, the number four, at gmail.com. Turn On The Game is sponsored by Blackened Studios, Oklahoma City's premier podcasting studio. Turn On. This is Dr. Laura Jalat, and when I listen to podcasts, I always listen to the One Mic, One Voice show. Hey everyone, this is Ryan Casada, and I wrote this poem because uh, I keep hearing the word faggot and that's so gay being dropped around, and uh, I just wanted to explain why it hurts, so I explored it in this poem, and it deals with a lot of intense stuff, so... Uh, trigger warning. Um, yeah, I'll put a trigger warning below if you need to know what it's about. So push pause for a second and read it below uh, before you listen. So here it goes. I don't think that word is a big deal. Then walk a year in my middle school shoes and then live your life growing up queer. You've been raped because of your identity. You've been assaulted and concussed with blood dripping from your skull because of your identity. Because of who you are. Because of how you were born. And while you're being raped and beaten, there's that little voice inside of your head that is screaming, this is happening to you because you are a faggot. Why? Because in grade school, that's all you heard. And it stuck with you. And then you carried it through life with shame. Faggot. That's the reason why you had no friends, why you were picked last, why you weren't cool enough to be invited to any parties, and why you walked with your head down low. You walked the hallways of hell hearing dyke, he, she, tranny, gay, homo, fag, day after day. How do you faggots even have sex? Can dykes even have sex? I bet I could turn you straight. You walked in fear in your own neighborhood because one time you were chased and as they threw glass bottles at you, they screamed at the top of their lungs, faggot, in your own school because you were terrorized as the comments wouldn't stop. Is that a boy or is that a girl? Must be a dyke. Must be a faggot. In your relationships because your girlfriend's dad threatened to kill you when he found out about your identity. Before that, he even liked you and you went from being called your name to being called faggot. And now you hear it while you're going about your day. And you hear it in the grocery store. And you hear it on your neighborhood streets. And you hear it coming out of the mouths of your friends and off the lips of strangers. And it hurts just the same each time. Like it's being yelled from a loudspeaker that rattles all of the apartment buildings and makes them crumble to dust each and every time. You hear people toss it around like it's completely weightless. Like it has no meaning Like there's no rough history associated. And you wonder, how could they do that? Because every time you hear that word, it stings you. And it brings you back to being bullied. And it brings you back to being terrorized. To being raped. To being beaten. To being not good enough. Never good enough. To being not even human. And you want to cry. Because you can't believe that someone wouldn't understand how badly words can hurt. Thank you. Wow. So a young man. Hmm. I mean, it stings you. Reminds you that you're not good enough. Man, we got people walking around on this planet, man. Hmm. They they've been damaged not by themselves, but by somebody else. And I think it's it's kind of interesting because he mentioned uh you know the word seeming weightless you know Mm -hmm. like it didn't have a history and i think Mm -hmm. that's one of the key things in the understanding language and uh words you know we give them the power you know we give them the meaning right but uh, at the same time that history of that word is also linking um to all those other absolutely negative things that have have come with it but i mean i could hear that and Mm -hmm. and put the n-word there absolutely the same thing you know but the, the the word has a history and has a past, so that's kind of the weight um, that they have to deal with. Of it. You know, we got a uh, I got a comment here. Somebody tells this story of being eight years old and being told that they were stupid because they were struggling in math and they were put in a special special ed class and and that label stuck with them uh, till adulthood. Mm-hmm. 
and this person wanted to pursue a medical field and um and because they believed that they couldn't do math they never pursued that mm-hmm. see, see you you see how that damages a person i mean yeah you're 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 stupid you're not smart in math so it changed the complete trajectory of this person's life simply because what was spoken you tell tell me words don't have power i mean think about words like another comment we have from another uh listener talks about dealing with our youth and the word offender right when you label someone like that a deviant how that sticks with them all of their lives. You categorize them in a, in, a, in a very negative way along with everything else that comes along, right? And sooner or later, you begin to do what, DT? You begin believe. to believe it, right? Right. Right. You talked about it earlier, right? It, all of a sudden, it becomes my identity. Right. right? You know, um, and even in other cultures, you know, Labeling and, and giving somebody a, a derogatory uh, name is a really big thing in, in regard to power and being able to have control over their lives like you're talking about. Um, and so it's not like it's just um, um, an American problem, uh, mm. Asian problem. Yeah. I mean, it's everywhere. Human. It's a human problem that we have in trying to help or, or hurt <laughs> in describing each other. And then you have here uh, – Another comment, different listener says, speak to your children as if they are the wisest, the kindest, most beautiful and magical humans on earth for what they believe is what they will become. And that's a quote from Brooke Hampton. Um, Does a lot for the confidence. Oh, man. I mean, the kid walking around with his head high, you know. And the question is, though, are we are we guilty of being demeaning? Uh, you know, and, and and you know, as a parent, I mean, you you make a lot of mistakes, you know, and and you know, if you have young kids right now, don't be, you know, angry at them and and ask them rhetorical questions, right? Mm-hmm. So you you ask a child, you know, then you know the answer, but. You tell them to shut up. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Did I tell you to say something? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Don't give up on your child. Have you given up on mm-hmm. your child? I mean, that's. I'm done with you. Yeah. I wish I never had you. Mm. Right. Mm. I can't wait till you grow up until you can get out of this house. Right. How many teachers out there are using derogatory language? To their students. Which takes us to another one. Avoid comparing. Exactly. Uh, why can't you be like little Johnny? Yeah, you know? little Johnny is Make great. straight A's. <laughs> You're tripping. <laughs> you know, I mean, and parents in, in having to, I guess, help them understand is that the kid feel like an extension of them, you know. And so even when we are comparing them, you know, we say, we heard, we heard ladies say, oh, you don't be just like your damn daddy. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And now the child feels like there's something wrong with him because there's a problem with that, you know. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. In that comparison. A- Absolutely, folks. Al Davis says, one lie has the power to tarnish a thousand truths. Mm-hmm. One lie. One lie. You'll never amount to anything. Think about somebody labeling you as a thief. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't trust him. Yeah. <laughs> Put yeah. it up. You better put your stuff up. Yeah. He's yeah, a, steal everything. Exactly. Steal your idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get get in your head and do that. Folks, listen. I want you, before we go on this last break, there is a audio we're going to bring to you. Again, we've talked about the brain, but I think it's important that uh, that we know that this is not just some uh, as as we say, we can see if if you are physically abused, we can see that. But we're talking about the unseen 
that we're going to see that causes the same impact. Let's roll the tape. A new study finds that emotional abuse is just as harmful as physical or sexual abuse. So why is no one talking about this? Hey guys, Terry here for D News, and anyone who's not a complete monster knows just what kind of scars sexual and physical abuse can leave on a child. But something that's rarely ever talked about is psychological abuse. There are no laws against it, no billboards on the side of the highway, and yet the American Academy of Pediatrics says it's the most challenging and prevalent form of child abuse and neglect. So why aren't we addressing this issue with the same fervency we give to other, more visible kinds of abuse? Well, part of that may be a simple lack of awareness. Up until now, most of the studies on this subject have specifically looked at the long-term effects of sexual or physical abuse. But according to a new study, children who are emotionally abused or neglected can develop similar and sometimes even worse mental health problems than kids who are sexually or physically abused. For this study, researchers analyzed data from 5,616 children with lifetime histories of physical abuse, sexual abuse, psychological maltreatment, or some combination thereof. Maltreatment in this case was defined as either abuse or neglect inflicted by a caretaker, so things like bullying, threats, severe insults, isolation, etc. What they found is that a staggering number of children, 62%, had a history of psychological maltreatment, and 24% of the cases they studied were exclusively related to psychological maltreatment. They also found that children who were victims of this kind of maltreatment suffered from anxiety, depression, low self-esteem, post-traumatic stress disorder, and suicidal tendencies at the same rate, and in some cases at an even greater rate, than children who were physically or sexually abused. Especially worrisome is the fact that of the three kinds of abuse, psychological maltreatment specifically has the highest association with depression, anxiety, attachment issues, and substance abuse. So clearly this is not an issue we should just be brushing off. According to the U.S. Children's Bureau, nearly 3 million U.S. children experience some form of maltreatment every year. But as the lead author of this study, Joseph Spinazzola, points out, there are no physical wounds associated with psychological abuse. So child protective caseworkers have a particularly hard time recognizing it. He also brings up the point that emotional abuse just doesn't carry the same social taboo as physical or sexual abuse, even though it's equally, if not more, damaging to a child's mental health. As such, our primary goal, he says, should be to implement more public awareness initiatives to help people understand just how harmful psychological maltreatment is for children and adolescents. Three million suffer from maltreatment. That's a lot of people. Man, that's, that, is, that is a lot of children that have to grow into adulthood and function in our society. Listen, when you see and you sent a video um, that uh, I thought was powerful. Mm. I mean, the sister went off, right? <laughs> um, I mean, she the expertise that she used. I mean, we couldn't use it on the show because Richard would have to beep everything out. But she said something in there that was I thought that really stuck with me. She said the reason why it got me so upset is because I'm going to have to live in a world where your child is in mm-hmm. and your child might be the one to shoot me or shoot my family because they don't know how to deal with their anger mm-hmm. or their setbacks or their failures or um, they can't adjust to society properly because of the way you treated them. Mm-hmm. We have to understand this is again, it's a ripple effect, right? And many multiple directions. If if we are abusing our children, our children, it's not just going to hurt that child. It's going to hurt our society. Everyone that encounters that wounded child potentially will be wounded themselves. And we'll be asking, what's wrong with him? Not knowing all that damage that was done earlier. All the damage that was done earlier. Um, I mean, it's uh, it's a very, very man. I, you, you know, we 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 want to talk about what what can we do 
in the situation. But we're not we're not done yet. We we winding the show down, but we're not done yet. Hang in with us, folks. We will be right back. everyone this is roxy davis and this is deborah burris and we are the roxy by design show our show is designed to bring healing as we share our stories while god redesign our lives so take a ride with us so you can find us at podbean itunes facebook and twitter and blackinstudios.com so thank you everyone for listening to the roxy by design show you have a blessed day and we love you This is DT of the One Mic, One Voice podcast. just want to let you guys know you can go over to iTunes and search us at One Mic, One Voice and be sure to rate and review our episodes. Let us know about any feedback that you have and what you enjoy about the episodes. Also, you can go over to Stitcher where you can get the latest and freshest episodes of our podcast streamed directly to your smartphone or iPad. No downloading or syncing. How cool. Real smooth. Also, we'd just like to take the time to thank you for your time and for your energy and for spending time with us as we discuss the historical record of our time. This is Koresh Ali, Lansana, poet, author, educator, and Oklahoma. And when I listen to podcasts, I'm on that one mic, one voice joint. Welcome back. Uh, we got another great comment um, from Terry Lynn Law says, people treat children as if they are many adults, not children. They are indoctrinated with religion, hate, and anti-humanitarian ideas. But with social media today and web neutrality, we are getting newer generations standing up and saying enough. Mm. Saying enough. Mm. Awareness, right, right. is uh, what she's talking about. But it's so true. The and we we mentioned that word indoctrination, right? Um, and kids come out of the home, come out of that environment, and they program, program to wreck, <laughs> program to wreak havoc on um, on whoever they encounter. Mm-hmm. Mike, you ever heard the word no? Man, multiple times. <laughs> How did it make you feel? Man, I didn't like it. I like I like yes. Yeah. But you got to deal with no. Got to deal with no. I say no is the most dangerous word in the world. Mm. Um, psychologists, they brought out a study that uh, showed that they even flashing the word no for less than one second. You see a sudden release of dozens of stress-producing hormones and neurotransmitters. These chemicals immediately interrupt the normal function of your brain, impairing logic, reason, language processing, and communication. Mm. You know, I did like a, a, a exercise one time. They had some kids get in a circle, mm-hmm. um, and then one one student sat in the middle in a chair, and then everybody around him told him no for like ten seconds. Mm. Uh, like immediately, mm-hmm. you could see like this kid's body language just like change. Mm. Um, and you know, we, we all kind of let everybody know this would be like, a a safe, safe activity. Mm-hmm. So be respectful. But then we did yes. And it was, it was like totally different. You started to see him smile, uh, just off that word alone, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like the study is saying, you know, just that word, no. And the yeah. way it's said and that what, what, uh, volume is said, yeah. you know, can have really, um, deep changes in the brain. Yeah comment from an anonymous uh, listener uh, says that after she was raped, she was called an airhead, a whore, frigid, mm. cunt. Um, I mean, hmm. after. 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 You know, your fault. So it's her problem, huh? The words, man. The language, man, that we use is... Uh, it's another one from another listener says um, that she heard a mother tell her daughter 
I wish I had aborted aborted you and she knew this mm-hmm. family and the daughter committed suicide. Wow. It's it's you know again what we're trying to do here today is to say that this is a serious issue in our society. And yeah, there there is domestic abuse. You know, there's the physical abuse. I get that. And that's an issue, a serious issue. But we are damaging. We are damaging one another with the words that we use. It says any form of negative rumination, for example, worrying about your financial future or health will stimulate the release of destructive neurochemicals. And the same holds true for children. The more negative thoughts they have, the more likely they are to experience emotional turmoil. But if you teach them to think positively, you can turn their lives around. You know, I, I think I, I think all of us, whenever we encounter, especially young kids, we ought to have something positive to say to them. We ought to speak some life into them, some words of encouragement to them, because we don't know what they're hearing. Mm-hmm. Right. And often kids need more instruction than the parents are giving anyway. It's like, you know, do what I say. But what does that mean? You know, <laughs> I mean, I hear you, but <laughs> give me some action steps so I don't get my butt whooped. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. I'm trying to avoid a butt whooping. Exactly. I mean, it's it, we we can we can do that. I mean, it doesn't have to be you're a child. And um, and there's this uh, this story. I don't know if you saw DT this uh the five heartbeats that movie uh about the doo-wop group uh mm-hmm. one of the first ones but it talks about um in this um in this story Eddie Kane Jr which his father told him he I would nothing. Yeah, you you were, I was nothing and you will be nothing. And although, and this, and, and this is a point I want to bring across to this. Now, now listen to me. Man, talk about history. Although you may be, quote unquote, in the eyes of society successful, Eddie became the lead singer. He was successful. He made money. He was popular. But his dad's words never left him. Although he reached the heights of his level of success, you might even be a CEO or a running your own nonprofit or, uh, you know, in a, in a very unique and prestigious position in society. Or you may not be, but people may look to you and say, she's got it all together. Look at her. Man, I wish I had her life. Wish I had your hand. I'll cut my hand off. Cut my hand off. But inside of you is everything that has been spoken to you. And those things that damage you and wound you, they're walking around with you. Mm-hmm. And what Eddie, what happened to Eddie? Huh? Got deeply involved in drugs, depression. He lost it all. Man, the power Mm. of words. He became, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. He became what his father spoke in him to be. Who are you speaking into? Who are you speaking into? Mama says you're a pretty girl. You're my angel, my baby, my star, my world. But if this is true, Mama, if this is fact, then why do you say such hurtful comments to me? How can you do me like that? You look like a slut in that dress. Those yoga pants say that you want much more. And if you leave my house looking like that, everyone will think that you're just another loose girl. But why should I care, Mama? Why should what they think matter? 
because nothing hurts me more than to hear you point out that my thighs have gotten fatter or that being a sexual person makes me a bad daughter. I'm either your little good girl or that slut who likes it rough. But when I plead in opposition, you say, girl, you need to calm down and listen. You're just a little too tough. You need to smile just a tad bit more, but not too much because then you'll look like a whore. I either eat too much or not enough. I'm too thin or too thick, too fat or too skinny. But mama, why can't you hear me? I have a woman's body and I will not apologize for that. It's the body that you passed down to me. So how can you shame me like that? These thick thighs, these full lips, these killer curves, these bodacious hips, you're the one who blessed these gifts upon me. So how can you say the ugly things that you do about my body? These questions are not out of spite for you, neither contempt or disdain. I just wish that you would take the time to contemplate the words you're always saying because I can't spend another day listening to your internalized hate. For years and years, I've tried not to let it bother me, but I can't anymore because women need to learn to live in harmony. Divide and conquer. That's how they keep us down. That's how they hold us back. They make you feel shameful for the skin that you're in and see to it that we pass it on to the next of kin. But that's gotta stop, mama. We can't be about that life anymore. I just wanna love my body, be a sexual being, and know that you won't see me as just another whore. That you'll still be able to think of me positively. That you'll be able to see me for more than just my body. Mama, you say I'm a pretty girl. I'm your angel, your baby, your star, your world. But if this is true, Mama, if this is fact, I need you to stop saying the hurtful things you say to me. I need you to have my back. I believe in you. I have faith in you. My world is better because you are in it. I love you. History will speak of us. Somewhere in the distant future, Scribe will reach down deep into the archives of our time. And what will she find? Will she discover that we overcame our differences? Will she find that out of many, we became one? Or will she find that we solve nothing and remain a divided peoples? Yes, history will speak of us. We can make a difference if we try. We can be the change that's in our life. All we gotta do is work together. We gotta raise our children better. We gotta stop the hate, stop the hate, and spread the love. One mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. Today's broadcast is being brought to you by Blacken Studios. To learn more about Blacken Studios, please visit them at blackenstudios.com or visit them on their Facebook page, Blacken Studios. Today's broadcast is also being brought to you by Perry Publishing and Broadcasting. To learn more about Perry Publishing and Broadcasting, please visit their website at perrypublishingandbroadcasting.net. The opinions of the One Might One Voice show do not reflect the views of Black and Studios or Perry Publishing and Broadcasting. Thank you for downloading the One Might One Voice.